Before a bloody Tuesday at Ohio State, you got to have a tight-lipped Tuesday press conference. Welcome to Snap Judgments, presented by Byers Auto. That is Bill Landis, Jeremy Birmingham, and I am Austin Ward. Ryan Day and Jim Knowles with one of their, um, I don't know, least loquacious press conferences of the year coming out of the off date to get ready for unbeaten Maryland Saturday at noon. What did we think, Bill? What was the, what was the number Jerry told us? It was 40, 47 questions for Ryan like Day. 30 something minutes. 32, 32 minutes. minutes. Not yeah. a normal ratio for Ryan Day. It's, it's, yeah, it's not. It's not. Um, it was good. It was, it was fine. It was good. I, th- I think we talked about the things we, we needed to talk about. First and foremost, the availability of Marvin Harrison Jr. Ryan Day with a very quick and stern, yes, he'll be available <laughs> for, for Saturday's game. So I guess we'll see. Because I don't know that I believe that whenever they say it. <laughs> yeah, but we saw him last week. <laughs> yeah, no, like, he's fine. Yeah, he's, he's fine. fine. He's fine. Yeah, he's good. He's going to play no matter what. Yeah. He's Marvin Harrison Jr. He's a robot. He's a robot. He's made of wires. Yeah. and Or an alien. Which is it? Is he actually alien or a robot? Or I a robotic the alien. the creator on uh, Monday night, and it's about like AI, half humans, half robots, and I think that he fits into that uh, Oh, that's where he's from. Sense. Was it good? Yeah, it is okay. Okay. That's what you expect. Yeah. I was thinking more like, like Nebula, just pieced together. No, no, no. no. Okay. Like genetically modified. But like ALF. Um, he's a a puppet Alf wasn't a very freaky athlete I think that Ryan Day understood he did enough talking last week and decided that he's just done with that and he didn't really want to engage too far down that road going back into those conversations right so it's trying to turn the focus to Maryland forget about the Notre Dame game it's nine days ago now so like it's time to move forward tried to you know he he did answer Doug's question about you know when is the right time to, to have that sort of moment when do you stand up for your team, et cetera. But it seemed like he wanted to avoid a lot of the other discussion around the Notre Dame game and move forward. Well, I, he rarely didn't get asked about it that yeah. much. I mean, there were two questions about it. I think that most people expected it was already done. I think Doug's question was more forward-looking, which I appreciate. It was like, we've we've talked about that. Does this mean now that he's got it off of his chest, like that maybe he can make a clean break and Ohio State can – and Ryan Day can get back to just being themselves and not worrying about how people evaluate them. And I think that that's what I where I tend to think that the turning point has come. Like th- there's nothing else he can ever say about it beyond what he did at South Bend. So like, is it? A, it shouldn't be a talking point anymore. No, I mean especially the Lou Holtz stuff. Like the, I, I think part of that conversation is like the short yardage short yardage execution. Excuse me, which was a fairly large talking point. I think of, of Ryan Day's entire press conference. Something he said they spent a lot of time on during the off week, which is good to hear. Um, asked specifically about the quarterback sneak, uh, it was the first question, actually, of the press conference. And uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I kind of got from that that like, they're maybe going to try it. Um, it's in their arsenal, he said. They haven't done it yet. I've gone back and looked at it. Um, since he's been here, they ran it nine times with Justin Fields. They've run it six times since then, which is way more than I thought because I thought it was zero. CJ ran it. CJ ran it four times, uh, or I guess it's five times. Is that right? Five times. And Kyle McCord actually ran it once against Akron in, in the start that he made there. The last two times they've tried it, it has not worked, which is maybe why they stopped trying it. Um, okay. That's weird. So if things stop working, they stop trying it? Yeah, yeah. That doesn't but, seem to add up. Well, you would like to see that be... Just be a, this, this specific yeah, case. You would, just this you would like to see that applied to other yeah. things that haven't worked. Um, so I'm, I, I'm on alert for it this week if they do find themselves in a third and short or fourth and short situation, whether or not they try to dust it off, whatever that looks like, whether it's the the push the quarterback or the the slower, I don't know what play it is kind of QB sneak, which is what they tend to do when they do run it. They got to get something figured out in, in short yardage, and they have talk, talked a lot about it a lot, I guess, the last 10 days or so. I think that's part of the reason that we got some of the clipped answers from both Ryan Day and Jim Knowles today, because the first six 
I believe I counted six. It was at least five. I think it was six questions were all some variation of what was going on in short yardage. And then a large number, including my own, my own two questions for Jim Knowles about the defensive pass rush. Like this week, it was like, all right, fully forget about Notre Dame and the value of that victory. Now it's time to look at the things that clearly Ohio State could still improve and would need to improve if they're going to win a title. Yeah. And to Day's point, I don't think Ryan Day minds the conversation about toughness if you're talking about physical toughness in short yarded situations. I don't think he actually minds that. I think it was the larger overarching storyline that the program is somehow soft because they're yep. struggling execution wise to get third and one or fourth and one. That's not the same thing. And like he doesn't seem exhausted talking about the execution errors. Like he wants to talk about those and figure those out. But defensively, I mean it's it's so hard to nitpick when you've given up eight and a half points a game. But it's clear as you head into this next part of the season, you're going to face quarterbacks like Drew Aller at Penn State that you're going to have to put pressure on him to affect what they do. What about the world's greatest quarterback on Saturday? Oh, coming to, to I mean, Talia Tagovailoa, future Heisman Trophy winner and NFL Hall of Famer, Talia Tagovailoa. Hater. Uh, Talia is a guy who playing you, out of his mind. You have to affect him as well. The, you, ba- the, the greatest Maryland quarterback in the history of the game. I mean, that's up for debate, probably. I mean. He's a record setter. Boomer may be better than him. He is elite. Uh, He's Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco went to Delaware. So anyhow, he did play in Maryland. He did play I in don't want to hear any more about Tua Tito this week challenging Ohio State. But America. You're going to need to get him uncomfortable, Burn. too. I mean, the, the yeah. reality is what Maryland does offensively is like an elevated version, I think, it's kind of what, what Youngstown State does. They're very balanced. It's a team that has six different guys that have over 10 catches. It's a team that has uh, multiple running backs they use, a quarterback that can move a little bit. I think that it's a good challenge for the defense. And the way that you stop that is what Jim Knowles kept saying today was a coordinated pass rush, but I don't know what the hell that means. It means just staying um, disciplined, disciplined in your rush, rush lanes. lanes. Yeah. But so, you know, wow. <laughs> Mind meld. So, why didn't he just say that? I don't know why he didn't answer that. Like, I'm just, it wasn't like no, a I'm, trap. I, it's like we need it for just context for yeah. people to understand what it means. But, because um, I can say those two things that Bill just said, <laughs> that's that makes it pretty obvious if I can do it. You know, I thought the one thing was interesting that Doug asked about is when they flipped JT2 Maloa over to the uh, other side of the defensive line. And that answer was sort of like, well, Larry does what Larry does. And it's like, yeah. You're the defensive coordinator. Don't you have some input? If that works better, like, why not put your best player against the worst offensive lineman instead of it's, – it's the whole – it's the exact same conversation about Ohio State always running it on third and one and fourth and one. Like, why are you making this harder for yourself yeah. if you can do this one thing to make it easier? Football's easy. I don't know. It's that's so simple. Said. That's what I've always said. Yeah. I don't. That was, a, that was an interesting answer. We get, like, three of those a year. It's like, whoa. Larry's, Larry's doing his thing with the defensive lineman. It's like, great. The thing wasn't working until, yeah. you know, you made the switch, which I'm assuming probably came from Jim Knowles. Like, hey, can you put him over there on the guy who's a worse offensive tackle? But I Please. Think, but I also think that, and Jim Knowles is normally very good at this with, you know, ex- explaining things to an audience that, you know, is not on his doctorate level of defense. And, like, you can't just say he, – he had said it at least four times – coordinated pass rush coordinated pass rush like if you're if that's the big emphasis this week that that begs two things one what exactly does that mean in your defensive system but two does that mean that you haven't been that through the first four games and he may not feel that way but he the way he answered it didn't really tell you one way or the other how he feels And, and i do i stand by this i've looked at it a lot to try and figure out is the pass rush situation a problem or not 
Because just looking at sacks is not going to tell you the whole picture. Yep. He said, yeah, you want more sacks. Having five, being, only one team in the Big Ten has fewer than Ohio State at this point. Like, that's not good. That's not what you're looking for. The you should be getting more than that by accident. A hundred percent. A quarterback should trip. Like, that's a sack. Yeah. Um, but then you look at the adjusted pass rate number. It's like, well, they did better than most teams against Notre Dame. Okay, good. But if you're not getting home in those situations, the score is low. Like, you could you can pick any number you want to try and form any narrative you want about Ohio State's pass rush. And so the I don't know. I just feel like against an elite standout Heisman Trophy candidate like Talia Tonga-Vailoa, you're going to have to get to him and force pressure. I just, I'm trying to wrap my, like, again, I'm not trying to criticize a defense that's giving up eight and a half points a game and has looked leaps and bounds better than it did the last two years. But when you hear the defensive coordinator say, you know, when I was younger, I, I think I liked sacks more and, <laughs> and, 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 you know, plays with, we all? Uh, with, we with all? plays with, you know, bigger plays with more, you know, yardage lost, et cetera. Like you still want to have negative plays, right? Like that's still good. I, I think his, his point is that when he was younger and had a talent disadvantage in almost every game he was coaching in, he was willing to sell out more to get those which things. Which I get, but like and if you sit there and say, now. as long as we get to third and fourth down and win them, like it's easier to, it, it goes to the same point with rotating defensive linemen a year ago. It's easier to win third and fourth down if they have to go further, mm-hmm. right? So, you you know, Notre Dame did a great job on third down against Ohio State because they were always in third and two and they could do whatever they wanted. If you make them third and nine, it's a whole lot easier to defend. So why not? Unless you're defending Ohio State, which is like infinitely better in third and seven to nine yeah, than it is they, in third and one They live three. in like upside down world. Like <laughs> yeah, that's I, not normal. But it's sound, it's sound logic, I think, against almost everybody else. But I do like, maybe we'll see them blitz a little more on first and second down. Like, or, like they have, they're not blitzing very much on third down, which I think is what got Smart. them in trouble a lot last yeah. year. But I, I think it's probably a good way of doing business. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm in the camp of like, they're getting teams off the field. They're not giving up touchdowns. What is there to really criticize? Um, I actually, I think they're doing an okay job of affecting quarterbacks. I thought we did see a fairly coordinated pass rush against Sam Hartman. Like they didn't sack him enough. Maybe they didn't even hit him enough, but they also didn't give him escape hatches to extend plays and do the kinds of things that I think he wants to do, where, where I think where he actually hurts teams. Like um, Duke. Like Duke? Yeah. Duke got after him, but Duke also blitzed a lot. Um, and, and then it killed. Dog, I had a dog named Duke. And then it killed him. He was yeah. the best dog I've ever, yeah. ever had. Yeah. It's like 140 pound dog. He was, like a, he was a beast. Yeah. What's the best way to pay tribute to a dead dog? Just to talk about him like once every 30 years or so. Yeah. Like Love I've it. just done. In rest, my opinion. rest in peace, Duke. He was a great dog. Shout out to Duke. I don't know what I was going to say. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sam Hartman got pressured, but also got out of the game. But Duke and got won to the him. game. They got to him, but they lost. Yeah, and I think maybe if I keep talking about it, it'll spark your brain. I think the point that I was getting to is, is that <laughs> I, I actually think the coordinated pass rush is the proper way to go about business for Ohio State at the moment. If they had guys that were just like animals on the end, like pure speed, I'm going to get by it with a, with a swim move or side scissors, whatever else Larry Johnson has in his bag, I think you'd feel differently. I don't think that actually suits their personnel. They're like kind of bigger. They're maybe a little... I don't want to say slower, but there's their they're strength and power more than they are speed ends. So like, just like knock your guy back, contain your edge. Don't let Tully or any other quarterback get outside and start extending plays and make him sit in the pocket and try to make a read. Cause I think that's really difficult for most college yeah. quarterbacks. So does that lead to more simulated pressure? Like you and Doug have talked about on Kings of Columbus, where you're sending linebackers and dropping, like in my opinion, if you're dropping guys into coverage, I'd rather it be just the linebackers as opposed to the defensive tackles, for example. Right. Well, so, I actually like that. Change that was up. a nice change. Yeah. I love that change. But, up, actually. 
it, but then you see like Notre Dame, they had no problem with that because they were able to confuse. Yeah, they almost threw an interception. Tyleek, they threw it right to Tyleek. The tight ends were killing Ohio State in that game. Right? When the linebackers were in coverage, the guys you'd rather have yeah, in coverage. So yeah, so like, okay. what's going on? Bro? <laughs> that's what I'm trying to figure out. What's going on? I think that's the what real... does coordinated mean? Does it mean that's... you're sending both the linebackers with the with the? No, it just line? it just it means mean that it just guys? means don't rush like a madman with no plan and then don't just run straight uphill up yeah. upfield don't, without a purpose. Yeah. Exactly. Why don't you just say that? Contain the pocket. Just run. Don't run straight forward without a plan. It, Maryland's but, offensive line is pretty good too. I think. Well, they're okay. They're they're better than most offensive lines. I think. They're better than Maryland's offensive line normally. Their is. left tackle is very good. Yeah. I think that goes into an overall conversation just on the defensive side. Mainly, I'm thinking about with kind of the mixed messaging because both Ryan Day and Jim Knowles said. We do not want to be a bin, but don't break defense. And we're not. But, but they, def- they certainly look like it, <laughs> yeah, and that's the way are. they're playing. And they're scheming to be that. And it seems like that's the the way that Jim Knowles has talked. Well, I'm not blitzing. I, I don't care about sacks anymore. Those are stupid. That's a young man's game. Like all Winning third down, winning fourth down, and keeping them out of the end zone, that's great. Like Those are three really good goals. But they were doing that after Notre Dame went down the field after or 12, after Western drive, Kentucky went down drives. the field. Like yeah. That's... They have been a bend but don't break defense, like period. Yeah, there's there's a balance you want to strike there, right? You don't want Ohio State is like 113th or something like that in the country in time of possession, and part of that is the offense, but obviously a major part of that is the defense allowing the other team to hold the ball. Um, they're still sixth in stop rate. They're up over 80, percent which is like awesome. It's where Jim Knowles wants to be. It's a very important stat to him, but they're doing it differently. And I and I I do think we're going to see them now coming out of this bye week try to try to find ways to get these teams off the field a little bit quicker than they have been. Um, we'll see, we'll see what it looks like. Right. I, I don't, I hope they don't overcorrect cause I don't really think there's a whole lot for them to correct. Right. Um, but there probably is a, a little bit better efficiency. Be- they can strike. Cause it really goes back to the offense executing and scoring touchdowns. If they're getting eight drives against Notre Dame, like they had, they still should have scored a touchdown yeah. in six of them. Right. And if you're up 42 to 14 in that game, nobody cares. Right. So, yeah. Like you have to find a way to execute on offense. And then these little things we're nitpicking on defense become less important because it doesn't matter if the offense is 113th in time of possession. If they're scoring in three plays, who cares? But you have to score touchdowns yeah, and not drives. have these drives that end at the 10 yard line or yep. the goal line or 11 yard line. All right. I thought your question was good to Ryan Day about this thing we talked about, like seeing Kyle execute in the third and fourth downs and then how that influences what they do moving forward. What did you make of his answer to that? Yeah, I. I've tried to think more about that as well because it's too simple to just say, oh, well, you're more confident in your quarterback and he's done it. Like, he's going to feel better. Like, that stuff I don't think really gets to the point of what the growth looks like for Kyle McCord, for Ryan Day, for Brian Hartline as they fit together this entire offense. Like, I, I firmly believe that he's saved some of his best schemes, his best route concepts, the combinations. Like, all right, I have to have it right now. I might as well call it. Like yeah. I think that sometimes they've they get into these situations where it's like it's just going to be easy. They're going to win with their talent, and they can throw bubbles and do simple stuff, and like they're going to win the game. And I I don't think that that works to the benefit of like allowing Kyle McCord to get to a CJ Stroud level, which like is also unfair to think he would be after four or five games. But you know you have to push the envelope. You have to give him the full complement of the offense, I think, to allow him and and Marvin Harrison and Emeka Buka and Julian Fleming to all take the next step to let this yeah. offense become that explosive version. So, you know, you've seen it now. 
it's it came in a do or die situation. There shouldn't be any reticence to not make that a bigger part of the arsenal. Yeah, you yeah. should have the trust. I mean, if you want, we're, we look at the receivers and maybe people say, oh, they're not having the year that you expect because they're really only getting thrown the ball on third and fourth down. So, I mean, Notre Dame, they tried to go deep, obviously, at first down a couple times, but you have to understand that Kyle McCord did it. You saw what it looked like. And now, whether that was because of desperation and that leads to the ability to say, hey, you know what, now we have a lot more confidence. I don't think it's about Kyle McCord's confidence. I think it's about Ryan Day and Brian Hartline's yep. confidence in Kyle McCord. And I think that's ultimately the biggest difference from Notre Dame to now is that now they know what he can do because I don't think Kyle ever doubted that he would be able to do it. Yeah, I think those, so those are like my two big things when I'm watching this week are, do they let Kyle do some of the third and fourth down things just like all the time now? Mm -hmm. And then how does Jim Knowles find the happy medium between not being bend but don't break but not being over aggressive to the point where it got him burned like it did last year? Well, I think that if you're talking about, you know, coverage and rush together and then expanding that to the offense and defense being complementary, like if you're worried about the amount of possessions, maybe don't run stretch into the boundary six times and, and <laughs> throw a bunch of deep, you know, deep crosses and like mesh concepts. Like that's going to, that's going to score a lot because uh, Marvin's pretty good. Even if he's may not, maybe not be a hundred percent on Saturday. Emeka Buka's pretty good. Julian Fleming's pretty good. Carnell Tate's going to be pretty good. Kate Stover's pretty good. Um, Seems like that dump, could be a dump nice the ball out of the backfield to Trayvon Henderson. He's really good in that position. And if you score from outside the red zone, you don't counts the same. Have to yeah. fix the red zone. That's yeah. right. Just avoid it all together. You don't think they should make those touchdowns worth more? If you score from distance, yeah. yeah what are we going rock and jack? That's right. Kinda. I mean, let's say <laughs> like, let's say that a fifty-yard touchdown is worth seven points. A uh, seventy-five yard is worth eight points. Don't you think that'd be fair? Well, then you'll really encourage Ben, but don't break defenses. I'm fine with that. All right. I want the game to be wild, man. <laughs> That would be wild. All right. So snappy judgments have been as well. Snappy Jays. What uh, my Snap, mind. I don't snappy know. judgments. We've got broken brains. Just over here. crushed it over here. Trying to process all the information on a Tuesday in the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. Uh, thanks to Byers Auto for bringing this to you, and thanks for watching. He's Bill. That's Berm. I'm Austin. We'll talk to you later.